The podcast is supported by Premier Knitting Club, a registered New Zealand charity and virtual tribe of knitters providing knitted items and fundraising for neonatal intensive care units in New Zealand. I'm Courtney, I was a Premier myself and I run Premier Knitting Club. When we donate knitting to the NICU, families are given knits for them and their baby to treasure forever and keep. And we always need knitters to help us. If you have family members or friends who are knitters and want to help, you can find Premier Knitting Club New Zealand on Instagram or Facebook. We've also included the website in the show notes. We love that Niku Mum podcast and are proud to support it. Kia ora everyone, welcome to the Niku Mum, a podcast where we share the stories of New Zealand families who have had a baby in a neonatal unit across the country. Today we are talking to Brianna. Um, Brianna was actually in my due date group when I was pregnant with my twins. She was also pregnant with twins. Uh, we both had twin boys. I had mine at 32 weeks. She had hers at 33 weeks. Then we both went on to have full-term singletons. Um, she had a little girl. Obviously, I've got a little boy. Um, and then, incredibly, she went on to become a NICU nurse. So she was a, I think she was a surgical nurse before that. She's always been a nurse, but decided to retrain and become a NICU nurse, which is freaking amazing. Um, my hat goes off to her because that is, yeah, just incredible, incredible. Um, just imagine having a nurse and when you're in the unit, knowing exactly what you're going through, just yeah so she's pretty amazing um but i'll let her kind of tell you her pregnancy and birth with the twins and then going on to have a full-term singleton and then also her perspective as a nurse in the unit so yeah i hope you enjoy okay do you just want to start off introducing yourself and yeah just jump on in whenever you're ready all righty um oh god i'm so awkward um so my name's Brianna. I am, am mum of three. I've got twin boys, um, Angus and Logan, who were born at 33 weeks on the dot. And I have a 20, 21 month old uh, daughter, Ellie or Eleanor. Um, we live in a small town, like 20, well, 40 minutes out of Christchurch. Um, but we're originally from Auckland, but all the kids were born here so yeah that's us I live with oh, my husband's here too <laughs> oh, yeah. oh yeah he's he's here as well I forget about he's, him he, he's around <laughs> anyway so the twins were your first babies and they were your Niku babies yeah that's right so they have just well they're three and a half now so this they were born in April 2020 do you just want to talk about your pregnancy with them? Like obviously having twins, it's not very straightforward compared to singleton pregnancies. Um, I feel like I was pretty lucky. I had a relatively easy pregnancy. I um, had like a really small bit of bleeding that really stressed me out. And like early on, it must have been about six weeks. And so I went for like a sort of urgent scan. Um, and that's when we found out we were having twins. Um which was a bit of a shock, but also not like my husband's family has twins in pretty much every generation. Um, yeah, that's wild. So officially, I don't think that's meant to increase our chances of having twins, but I mean, it seems like a bit more than a coincidence to me. Um, <laughs> so yeah, we found out at like six weeks, six and three, I think. Um, 
and then from there it was pretty pretty smooth sailing really I wasn't really sick I think I threw up like the for the first time in, like 12 weeks um, oh my god and it was only really like a handful of times like I was pretty lucky I was pretty nauseous but yeah I was still managing to work and everything um yeah and then everything was pretty smooth sailing until maybe like the 28 week scan at the hospital and they said that Angus our twin A had like dropped his growth quite a bit and so that sort Mm -hmm. of stressed me a wee bit but we went for another scan another couple of scans and they're like oh like it's not concerning his doctors were all fine like everything was looking okay he just was meant to be about 500 grams smaller than his brother um and then I had a scan at 32 and 6 and they're like oh no everything's all good um at this stage we were in lockdown the first COVID lockdown um Mm -hmm. and I tried to write like a wee diary or something and I was like I remember writing in this diary being like oh the scan was really good today just need you guys to hold on for like another four weeks (laughs) um and then I went into labor that night (laughs) and they're like sucker (laughs) yeah so um the only other thing that was sort of maybe a complication with my pregnancy was they were both breech Right. So they were both breached from 18 weeks and there was no way that they were turning. So I had been yeah. like penciled in for an elective section at 38 weeks. Right. Um, so when I went into labor, I was absolutely in denial. I think I started having contractions at like 4 a.m. And I was like, oh man, I must have food poisoning. Um, <laughs> Do you know what? I actually like, remember you posting in the due date group being like, guys um I think I'm in labor but I don't think it's labor yeah and then at like 6am I like was googling what does Braxton Hicks feel like this absolute (laughs) denial like got up had a shower got out of the shower I'm like I just remember like having my arms up against my head up against my arms in the wall of the shower like heavy breathing (laughs) did you call your midwife or anything no I hadn't called anyone was still in denial like I'd just been sort of writhing around and at one point before I got before I went, got up and had a shower I was like just squirming around in bed and Jacob rolls over and he goes can you cut it out like <laughs> just thinking I was being a dickhead um so it was when I got out of the shower I called my midwife and I was like um I think I'm having contractions like they're like five minutes apart and she's like oh okay let's call the hospital so they called the hospital and they were like come in and so even on the way to the hospital, Jacob was like, oh, so they're coming today. I was like, nah, nah, it's too early. Like, they'll just give me some drugs. They're going to stop my labor. Like, it's all good. No problem. Like, get to the hospital and they do this, like, examination when they're not, like, 100% convinced that you're in labor. Like, the CTG yeah. wasn't showing a whole heck of a lot. I was still managing to, like, breathe through all my contractions. Like, it was fine. <laughs> Yeah, I think so. I think that's, yeah, I think that's the one. And then they like put the speculum in and then the OB just like pops her head out and goes to my midwife, oh, that's bulging membranes. And like, she pops her head out and she goes, "Mm, yes, it is. And so then they did a VE and they're like, oh, you're actually like seven centimeters dilated. Oh my God. (laughs) And so then shit just absolutely hit the fan. And they were like, right, okay, we need to get you into into theatre now. Because when they examined me, they were like, oh, we can actually feel his foot. 
So right. Angus was footling breach, so he was trying to kick his way out of me. Um, and so they gave me steroids and they put a, someone put a line in and there was like 400 people in the room. Like mm. it's such a blur. And I was just thinking to myself, like, I know, like I've at this stage I'd worked in like sort of obstetric theaters for, um, like four years. Oh, I forgot to say I'm a registered nurse. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's kind of important to this just part casually. of the story. I forgot to mention it. Um, so I'd been a theatre nurse in obstetrics for like four years. So I'd done so many sections. I knew exactly what was going on. Like yeah. I knew what everyone's jobs were, but it was still so overwhelming. And I was just thinking to myself, like, yeah. I can't imagine just having no idea about what was going on and being in this situation. Mm. It must be so terrifying. Mm. Like it was crazy. And they rushed me to theater and I remember sitting there once the spinal had gone in and the obstetrician goes in and he goes oh I'm just reading your last scan report and it says you're high risk for having COVID and I was like what <laughs> this is in lockdown like level four lockdown and then the whole theater just like stopped and they all look at me and I'm like oh like, I don't think so and they're like okay sweet as and just like carried on with what they were I was like, I have no idea what that's about. But anyway. This was like when COVID was like real, really like scary as well. Like, like the, the first yeah. time it was like, oh my God, we don't know what's going to happen. Like we don't know how people are going to get, how we're going to react. Like everyone Yeah, exactly. Like no one knew anything. Like when we first went into lockdown, I was still at work and they were mm. like, oh, okay, like all good. And then one day they just called me into the office and they're like, you have to leave now. And I was like, oh, okay. So then I had like a week of nights, like the lockdown where you just do the baking and all that sort of nice stuff before I got played in the life. (laughs) But yeah, so then Angus was born at 12.46. Um, They had a real hard time like sort of getting him out of me. Um, And by the time that when they managed to do it, he wasn't breathing at all no respiratory yeah. effort at all so they took him straight over to the resuscitator and he didn't cry for ages and i just remember like sobbing just yeah. like so stressed there's a photo of me and like you can see the pillow and it's just like covered in tears mm. <laughs> but then well he you've been on the other cry. side of it like you know they're supposed to cry right yeah exactly like i was like why is he not crying like, and then i could sort of hear like muffled cries after maybe like mm. three or four minutes and i was like okay like sweet as but I couldn't see him because they'd like there's so many people around him Mm. and then Logan was born and he was in a pretty much the same state like Mm. not breathing at all floppy straight over to the resuscitator they brought one of them I can't even remember which one that's terrible they brought one of them over to see (laughs) me really briefly and all I remember looking at them and thinking oh my god they're so tiny Mm. And I just had never, I feel like I've never seen a baby that small before because I had worked in obstetrics, but at a hospital that only took babies over like 33 weeks before I'd moved to Christchurch and I hadn't done a whole heck of a lot of obstetrics in Christchurch. Yeah. And so I was like, oh my God, they're so little. And I was just like, couldn't even comprehend it. And then they whisked them away. So they went straight up to NICU and Jacob went with them. Um... And at this stage, my blood pressure was like super low. I had the shakes. I was vomiting. Like 
was not pretty. So I feel like even if they hadn't have been taken away straight away, I wouldn't have been in any state to hold them or anything because yeah. I was a bit of a mess. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they got taken up to Niku and Jacob went with them. And then they finished up with me in theatre and then went to recovery. And someone comes, I don't know where who they were or what like their job was, but they came and they're like, oh, we're just going to get some colostrum for the babies. And I'm just like lying there, no idea what was going on. <laughs> like, rugged out of my eyeballs and someone just starts milking me. And I'm like, what is even happening? Like, this right is, this is <laughs> You're just lying there with sort of spread eagle on this bed and someone's just like, you're like, tits out to the world. Someone's like, I'm just going to milk you and like, into this thing. and I'm like, yeah, whatever. Like, <laughs> you, you, you do, do what you got to do, boo. Yeah. And so Jacob was like back and forth between me and recovery and the boys and Niku. And he, because we were in lockdown, he had to leave before I went up to the ward. So right. he wasn't allowed to stay. He was allowed to be there for the birth and he was allowed to be there in recovery, but then he had to leave and he wasn't allowed to come back. Um, anyway, so yeah, he wasn't allowed to come back. So I feel like I was in recovery for hours and there was an earthquake while I was there as well. Just to add the cheer on top. Oh my top. God. I was like, is this actually- Christchurch. Honestly, like there'd been, there's been barely any earthquakes in the like four years that we've been here, but there had to be an earthquake. Like while I'm sitting in recovery, yeah. like what is even going on? But yeah, so that was pretty much at my birth. After a few hours, they took me- they like wheeled me up to Niku. It's like birthing suites on level three, Niku's on level four, and maternity is on level five. So they took me via Niku up to the ward. And it's just so surreal. You're in this giant bed and then they take you into this room and you're like, this feels so strange. And I feel like the whole thing's such a blur. But going into that, like. I went on a, um, in a wheelchair, but it had flat tires. <laughs> so Jordan. Jordan's like wheeling me up and he's like having to like really push me I couldn't walk because I was still like wearing off the epidural and he's like having to push me up to Niku in this freaking like flat wheeled wheelchair and all these nurses are probably like oh my god how fat is that person <laughs> <laughs> struggling like to you push get it I'm like, this is this wheel? Wheel? Yeah. <laughs> so how was your first time meeting them um I like I said it was a bit of a blur like they had been on CPAP when they first got to Niku but by the time I came to see them they had been they were off their CPAP and they were just self-ventilating so they must have been like four or five hours old maybe which is amazing that's so good considering they needed resuscitation at birth yeah so they were absolute champions so yeah they were self-ventilating by I think it was four or five hours old and so when I went up to see them, mm-hmm. they were just in little inkies on IV fluids, like these teeny little babies. And it's so like, are these actually my babies? Like, yeah. Yeah. I remember like touching one of them for the first time and I was just like, what the heck is going on? <laughs> um, yeah. I remember like pop, you pop your hands with little inky doors. And I had my, I was like stroking, I don't even remember who it was, um, stroking one of them. And the nurse like told me off. She's like, don't stroke them. And I was like, oh, okay. Like, you're so scared and you have no idea like what you're allowed to do and what you're not allowed to do. Mm. Mm. And it's so surreal. Um, 
but yeah and then I think they took me upstairs I just hung out by myself um and I don't think I went back down until the next day because the ward was super mm-hmm. busy and because Jacob wasn't allowed to be there with me like he couldn't just wheel me down there and I couldn't walk so yeah. I think I just went down and saw them the next morning I must have been fine to walk I must have waddled myself down there the next day and they were still in the like ICU room um in room one Mm -hmm. and Jacob and I weren't allowed to visit at the same time so I text him and I was like I'm going down now like let me know when you're coming in and I'll like meet you in the corridor and we can like have a chat in the corridor and then you can go and see the boys and I'll go back upstairs but we went in or I went in um and they got them both out and I managed to do some skin to skin with both of them so on this day two of life which is amazing it's also like so crazy when you get these two babies on you and you're just like one how did they fit inside me (laughs) (laughs) and the whole thing is just so weird and so surreal and they're just like they they look like little like wrinkly old men like their skin is too baggy for their body and you're like we're like little fish babies I thought they were cute at the time I look back at the pictures and I'm like oh my god you look like a fish like there's this one picture I remember telling my mum I was like mum you have to be honest with me and you have to tell me if my babies aren't cute because I don't want to be that delusional mother that thinks their babies are cute and everyone else is like oh <laughs> and she was like no no they're cute and now I'm like oh my god they were so weird looking so like little skeletal babies honestly and they, I'm like I will hold to this to this day like all premiers like look the same they all look the same like they do I remember I think it's the sunken look it's just they're like little skinny and they've got these huge like black eyes <laughs> yeah we yeah so we were in room one for like a day and i was up back up on the ward and they called me and that's the most terrifying thing when nifu calls you yeah you're like oh god what's happened like what's Mm. going on and they're like oh yeah we've just moved you down so we in christchurch nifu there's seven rooms so room one is where Mm. most babies will get admitted um that's your like icu level room and it goes down to room seven um with like decreasing acuity the whole time so we went from straight from one Mm -hmm. to room five um and that's where we spent the majority of our stay um Mm -hmm. so it was just us and two other babies um and we were probably together for like two two or three weeks i think sort of the the three of us mums and we just like took over the room and rearranged the furniture and like became friends (laughs) we did that too we're like you know what we can't be here with our husbands so we're gonna be each other's husbands yes yes and you need that especially when you're there by yourself like you I actually met another twin mum she was in nursery one at the same time as us so we like bonded over the fact that we both had twins hers were a bit earlier than mine but even like now so we've been out in the coo for what three and a half years and we're still like really good friends she's actually having another baby soon it's amazing eh? like the bonds you like make yeah. people like I still am friends with the ladies that I was in NICU with and you know they make you put the headphones on for handover so you can't hear about like mm-hmm. what else is going on and then we would just immediately take them off and be like right so <laughs> 
and just, what happened with your baby today yeah like what was even <laughs> there's no point in us having headphones on like we're just going to talk about it. i think at no. one stage we even yeah. said that we're like oh like don't even worry about the headphones we're all good like we we all know everything yeah. about yeah. everyone else's babies so yeah we we're in room three or sorry room five for like two weeks i think and the unit was chock-a-block like there was close to 60 babies in there i think so Christchurch's oh. official capacity is 46 um and i think oh there my were god babies like at one stage they were talking and i think the whole country was full and at one stage they were talking about yeah. like sending people over to aussie and it was just madness so we were really lucky to only have the four of the four babies in room five but then they moved me to room six and it honestly felt like we were packed in there like sardines it was like us in the corner and then another set of twins next to us and then it felt like 50 other babies so i know now that there wouldn't be 50 other babies in there but that's what it felt like mm. thankfully we were only there for like three days and then we got moved to another room um the, the final room which was nice yeah. it's another small room again so yeah in total we were there for 28 days i think maybe three weeks in they changed the visiting policy and jacob was allowed to come in um that's so good yeah we had a pretty straightforward journey i think um the boys really just needed to like feed and grow they had standard sort of 33 week of stuff they ended up on caffeine because they'd sort of just forget to breathe sometimes um yeah as they do as they do you know um they were had the ng tubes and then maybe at like 36 weeks corrected we started breastfeeding and then things just sort of yeah very rapidly took off from there i am really lucky i had like an incredible milk supply like at one stage i was pumping like two and a half liters a day um oh my god yeah i was a literal cow um so i was really lucky <laughs> that i had that like i was able to make enough milk for them um so yeah. we I came in for some mum time, I don't know, maybe at like 36, bang on like bang on 36 weeks, and it sort of went quite well. I called it like breastfeeding boot camp. God, mum time is just so exhausting though. Like mm. you're just stuck there for a couple of days and you're like, I haven't left this hospital. I haven't done anything. You just Especially when there's two of them. Like literally you the feed, juggle. You just feed, pump. <laughs> Put one down, put the other one up. <laughs> you don't you like feel you so guilty. Like, I would go breathe. in the morning because I'd had a section I couldn't drive. And while I mm. was pregnant, my husband broke his foot. So he'd been on ACC for like the four months before the boys were born. And he was meant to go back to work when we mm. went into lockdown. And so he pretty much had to go back to work as soon as they were born. So he would drop me off in the morning yeah. and then he would go to work. And it would be like, right, get there, pump, have skin to skin with one of the boys, quickly shove something in your gob, mm. pump again, have skin to skin with the other baby, try and have some lunch. And then it was time to like go. Like, and it was just always, I always felt guilty yeah. if I wasn't giving them enough attention each, like trying to juggle that. Yeah. It's like the mum guilt yeah. instant like oh one of them's being a little bit yeah. more grumbly today so i need to like give him more cuddles and you just feel so guilty yeah it's yeah it's really hard to juggle 
especially when they've got such a strict routine in the unit as well. Like obviously if you're at home, you can just do your own thing. You know, you can blob with them. Yeah, absolutely. You can't do that. And like both the boys are really spilly. So their feeds or maybe just Angus's feeds (sighs) go through pumps. And so it was like, well, are you going to hold him for his feed? And I'm like, oh, his feed takes an hour. So like mm. and once you're there once it started that's you're there you're there you're stuck there for that hour i mean stuck sounds awful but like mm. you know that's a <laughs> try to like hold the baby and pump at the same time um, yeah but yeah so we were discharged after 28 days so exactly four weeks they were 37 weeks on the door and breastfeeding no no oxygen, no anything, just ongoing caffeine until, I think they were on caffeine maybe until like 41 weeks, like correct yeah. it. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, that was, it was pretty straightforward for us. I think the hardest part was definitely all the lockdown, like all the COVID restrictions and having to do it by myself. Yeah. Yeah. That was, we, we tried to fight for the whole, like we've got two babies, so like why can't we have two parents? And they're like, no. And I'm like, this is ridiculous. Like, he drives me in here. Yeah, we had the exact same thing. Yeah, we're going home to each other. But like, like it, did, it didn't make any sense. In and out during the day, and I'm like, this is ridiculous. Like, yeah, I get that at the time. It was all like, we weren't allowed to swap in and out during the day. We were one parent per 24 hours. After a while, it started off. We were both allowed. And then it was one at a time and then it was one per day. So like literally Jordan didn't see them for weeks because I'd just started breastfeeding. And I was, I remember one day he was, I was like, okay, you can go in tomorrow. And then he was like, okay, cool. And then that night I like had a breakdown. I was like, no, I can't, I can't not go. And then I felt awful because I was like, how, how has he gone like two weeks without seeing them? But I can't go one day. Like, but yeah, it was like so all hard. Like, it was so unfair. Like most of the time it is the mum because like you're the one with the boobs and that's the whole thing. It's like yeah, you need to feed your baby so you can take them home. Yeah. And it's like, well, I'm sorry, but dad with the use of like. <laughs> yeah, maybe <laughs> if you just grew some better boobs. Like... Yeah. <laughs> then you could come and visit more often too. <laughs> It was just awful because I couldn't drive. Like, so when Jacob would come and pick me up, I would have to leave and go and just sit in the car. And I think he felt yeah. bad. And he's like, I don't want to leave you sitting in the car for hours. So he'd only come up and have like a quick yeah. visit. And it was like, I don't know. It was just a bit yeah. shit having to do it by yourself. It was just so weird. Yeah. And then the whole, you know, you go home and you're not pregnant, but you don't have your babies. Yeah, it's a mind fuck, eh? It's so I sobbed the entire way home when I got discharged. I like mm. was such a wreck. It doesn't it probably didn't help that it's like day three postpartum and your hormones are like completely yeah. ridiculous. But mine was like the day after I'd had them and I was like lying in the bed and I was like, my tummy is like squishy now because obviously it was hard for months because there was yeah. two of them. Um and I was like, my tummy is like all squishy, but the babies aren't here also. And so that was so really weird. hard for me to like wrap my head around. I would like forget that I wasn't pregnant. Like when I was at home, because you sort of just go back to like, like life, like the at home. Yeah. You know, in the evenings or whatever, when you're 
done at the hospital for the day and you're going home and you're just like sitting on the couch watching telly and you're like this is so weird and I would like sit down like rub my belly and I'm like oh Mm. they're not in there yeah because it's the same as you were before because they're not there with you yeah exactly and you're just like I don't know I think I struggled with the being at home the most and the pumping oh my god I feel Mm. like I have PTSD from pumping Mm. And like getting up at three o'clock in the morning and sitting <laughs> the sound of the pump. Stupid chair. Oh, those stupid blue pumps. Like I still to this day <laughs> cannot deal. I cannot deal with that sound. Like <laughs> And you must come across them all the time as well. No, thankfully I don't. So thankfully it's usually it's only the yellow ones. The blue ones get sent home with people, but they're not used in the unit. So I don't have I've only have to come across it once, but I almost like had a breakdown. When I heard that stupid, <laughs> I was like, I can't, I can't do it. I can with just this. picture the like the arm on it. Oh, yeah, and it's the noise, and that's all like, I can think of. That noise, and I was like, yeah. nah, yeah. it's a hard no from me. <laughs> Horrific. Um, oh, no. After you had the twins, you obviously went on to have Ellie. Yeah, so we took a gamble and we went for another baby. <laughs> um so i got pregnant i must have got pregnant just before their first birthday um because i found out like a few days later for me yeah <laughs> um so the boy yeah the boys had just turned one and i remember being like oh my goodness like we had always talked about having a third baby but i definitely didn't feel ready to have another baby at that stage and I mean like we weren't doing anything to not get pregnant so I can't really complain um (laughs) but I just sort of the app said that I wouldn't get pregnant and the app lied (laughs) (laughs) what does the app know honestly nothing don't trust the app ladies (laughs) don't trust the apps they have no idea what they're talking about um (laughs) but no so we went to my first scan with her um which was meant to be like 10 weeks but it turned out it was only six weeks um right so I found out I was pregnant with her at like three weeks gestation which just boggles my mind to this day and I was so terrified that it was going to be another set of twins but thankfully Mm -hmm. it was just one it was just the one babe and I had a lovely straightforward pregnancy with her I opted to have another section um, and the night before my elective section, I went into labor with her, which I'm very unimpressed with. Um, oh my God. I thought that was really rude of her. She was like, she was like, come on, like, come on. We're getting out of here. <laughs> um, so she was born at 39 and four. So lovely full term baby. She went straight. She came straight to me, delayed cord clamping, instant skin to skin. Like I fed her in theater for the first time and she, yeah, it was so crazy and so different. I know. Like a full. It was wild, eh? Yeah. And you're just like. When you. Oh, (laughs) I was just saying like, it's so (laughs) strange when the only experience you've had is like your babies are born, they're taken from you instantly. And then you have like yeah. a shit fight for the next however long to like, and everything's hard. Like 
feeding them is hard mm. and getting everything to a baby that literally just knows what they're doing when they come out and it's like okay cool they're 48 hours old like you're good to go like see ya <laughs> yeah take this baby home and I remember coming home and I was like what like how do I how do I know like if she's warm enough like do I have to take her temperature like yes. like all my parenting skills just went out the window <laughs> Mine was like, I forgot to change his nappy and feed him for like eight hours. Because obviously the twins, they told me when to do it or they did yeah. it. And then it was like three in the afternoon. And I was like, oh shit, I need to do that. Well, I was like, do I have to wake her up in the middle of the night to feed her? But like, if she's sleeping, do I just like, yeah. do I just let her sleep? Like, I don't want to wake her up because I'm tired. But like, do I have to? The NICU routine messes with you, eh? Like you feel yeah. like it has to be on a schedule when really it doesn't. And she was so clingy and like cluster feeding. And I remember saying to my midwife, like, mm -hmm. I think there's something wrong with this baby. And she's like, nah, she just hasn't been through like baby boot camp. And I was like, oh, okay, <laughs> that makes sense. Like, <laughs> I get it. Into a three hourly routine. Like, um, when you were pregnant with her, was there anything that your midwife or like the OBs did to kind of go, okay, when I was pregnant with Angus, great name. Um, my midwife referred me to the preterm clinic because I'd had a prem birth before however, 34 weeks or whatever. Um, but I declined because we were like, well, we had them early because they were twins. Did you have anything like that? No, I didn't have any, like anything at all with her. I was referred to the obstetricians because I had a section with the boys. Um, yeah. But I think, I feel like 33 weeks is the cutoff for so much. Like, there was no follow-up with the boys at all. Like, not even a single right. hospital visit for them. Whereas the other baby who we were in NICU with, who we had the same due date, but he was born four days before, he had follow-up. So I feel like 33 weeks yeah. is the cutoff. And so we had mm, yeah. nothing. It was like a consideration. Like, I never expected to get to term with her I expected her to be born in like 37 38 weeks like I didn't think she'd be early early but I was like there's no way this baby's getting to like 40 weeks like nah it's not gonna happen <laughs> um and as the time went on I was like oh I'm still pregnant every single day from 33 weeks every twinge I was like I'm going into labor every single I was the same day. but mine was discharged because <laughs> my waters had broken with the twins so every time i was like oh my god my waters are broken nah it's just discharge oh like i feel that or it's just sweet <laughs> it's such a glamorous time isn't it like it's so gross <laughs> so, so yeah but yeah like anytime i'd be like oh my waters didn't even break with the boys and i was still like oh god yeah. like what was that i'd have like a slight cramp i'm like that's it why don't let me take a picture of the bump because i'm going into labor tonight like this is it <laughs> But no, I don't know about you, but once I got kind of like, so the, my waters broke 31, six and they were born 32. Once I got to like 32, two, I was like, nah, man, like we're all good. <laughs> Nothing's going to happen. But up until then I was like, oh my God, I'm going to have another preem baby and it's going to be terrifying. I was absolutely the opposite. Like up until 33 weeks, I was like, nah, we're good. Like all good. And then from that point, <laughs> I was like, yeah, it's happening. That's it. That's it was it. a long it was a long six and a half weeks like <laughs> manage the battle stations yeah i was very distracted though because we 
moved house. We bought a house and moved when I was like 34, 35 weeks pregnant with her. So, and you've got, I had two twins. I had twins to run around after. So it was wild. And then you kind of get a bit distracted. Yeah. So after Ellie was born, I was really lucky. I managed to have a year off work and I went back to work in January. And then three weeks back at work, I was like, you know what? I don't want to do this anymore. And so I applied for a job in NICU. And I started working there in April. So I've been there almost six months now, which is... And how's it been, being on the other side of it? It is so nice. It is such an incredible place to work. Um, I think I definitely feel like there's benefits of having been there as a mum like yeah when the mums I'm looking after like having a shit time I'm like yeah this is a shit place to be like I I feel it like this is this is shit there's no other way to describe it really (laughs) yeah and I think like I would have appreciated like if I hadn't known that someone else sort of got it um yeah but yeah the work is so rewarding and i really feel like i don't know i'm giving back to the team that looked after and the christchurch team is just incredible they're all so lovely and so supportive and yeah absolute like do you find it difficult um like if you come across other 33 weekers that like are sicker than what the boys were do you find it difficult to kind of see past your own experiences i definitely like compare like there was a baby the other day who Mm. was the exact same like weight that they were born at and i kept like staring at this baby being like oh like that's so strange to me that that's like how small my boys were they're like Mm. ruckus three-year-olds now um (laughs) but i think i didn't the thing that's sort of i don't know stuck with me the most from like working is I wish I had have known at the time like how much and I think I've said this to you as well like how much of an achievement it is to go home at like 37 weeks especially with yeah. twins like it's wild like yeah I just assumed that that was normal like that was what everyone I was like oh yeah mm. three weeks they'll come home at like 37 weeks but like mm. it doesn't happen very often like at all Mm. And I think mm. I just wish at the time that someone had said to me, like, you guys are doing really well. Cause I think it, when you're in it, you're just like, I don't know what I'm doing. Am I doing the right thing? Like you, you expect so much more of yourself, I think. And so yeah. I sort of yeah. wish at the time someone had been like, Hey, you guys are actually like sort of exceeding expectations. Not that it's all about like praise, yeah. but I think when you're in the depths of Niku, it would just be nice if someone like, said some nice things you know yeah so I definitely I found as well our nurses were all amazing like I had no bad experience with any of our nurses but a lot of them were not mothers or if they were they were like older and their kids were like grown up and I just felt like they just didn't get it you know like they just didn't understand how hard it was for me to leave every day and they'd be like oh are you leaving already and I'm like well I can't I can't stay in this room any longer. Yeah. So they just, it's like, they just didn't understand like the pull 
between needing to look after myself and needing to look after them and how awful it felt to leave, but how also great it felt to leave. Oh, and and I find that like, I mean, all my colleagues are incredible, but I definitely feel like there's this expectation for mums to be there all the time. And I'm like, yes, 100%, like you need to be there for your baby, especially when they're starting feeding, like it's super beneficial. But like I've said to so many mums, like if you need a day, just take a day. Like yeah, it's so hard just like sitting there all day, every day. Mm. It is so exhausting. It's so depressing. Like it's just messes. And I don't know how ro- how warm your rooms are, but I'm like, I like, oh. so freaking warm and I'm just it's like, so I'm going to die in this <laughs> stuffy room. <laughs> and you've already got your like postpartum sweats going on. Just a hot mess. Like, <laughs> yeah. I was looking back at all the photos. Plus you got this like tiny baby on you with yeah. like a, this, like, a little, little space child. Here. And like, cause they're so warm and cozy. You're like, I'm, <laughs> literally, I'm, I'm falling asleep. It's so warm. I'm so toasty. I'm it's, it's a struggle. I still do it now. Like if I'm having to, if I'm like cuddling some babies, I'm like, like on night shift, I can't cuddle babies. I will fall asleep. <laughs> yeah. I'm yeah. like, I'm cuddling you until you're settled, but then you're going back to your bed because like I will fall asleep also. <laughs> and that's not a good look. Like, <laughs> I'm supposed to be the one in charge. Yeah. 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 I'm supposed to be looking, I'm supposed to be like leading by example. I can't be like sleeping here holding a baby. <laughs> But yeah, I did think- you did you find it difficult going going back? Obviously, you went back as um, a professional rather than as a parent. But did you find it hard the first few times, like going back through the doors? Um, I so I went back to my old job when the boys were six months old, and I remember the first time. So in Christchurch, there's well, there's three different buildings now, but at the time there was two different buildings. So there was Women's, which has got like birthing suite in the mm. and then there's the main building where like I was working but my locker was in women's mm. and the first time I had to try and walk through women's on my first day back I like had a panic attack and I couldn't do it and I like walked the long way around mm. I was like I cannot walk through these doors I couldn't mm. deal with the like hand gel because it's like the gel that they use in NICU was different mm. everywhere else in the hospital and the smell of it just like spiraled me right. so I was like no Ours was the same everywhere, so like literally, I can't, I can't use it. Like Luca had an ENT appointment, and it was in a completely different building. And I was like to him, "Let's wash our hands," because he was three and annoying, <laughs> and I needed something to distract him. And straight away, I was like, "I should not have done this." It was, I don't know what it was about it. I'm like, "Am I ever going to be able to use hand sanitizer again from the hospital?" Because it feels like I might like die every time I use so it. Triggering. Um, so mm. I obviously because I worked at the hospital every day, I was sort of desensitized a wee bit to that. Um, when I found right. out I was, I had the job in NICU, I forced myself to use the hand gel to like get over it. <laughs> so I'm fine <laughs> now. Um, I was definitely really nervous about going to the unit for my interview. Um, and yeah. like you sort of sit, I was like waiting for my interview and I was sitting at reception, just like staring at the doors. And I was like, okay I'm like really nervous about this and on my first day I was yeah like quite anxious about how I would cope but I think I've I feel like enough time has passed that I'm okay like there's definitely some things that trigger me like I said the blue pumps and just sometimes just out of the blue Mm -hmm. like 
I think we were doing study days around the boy's birthday and I can't even remember what it was that mm-hmm. we were talking about, but I just like had to leave. I was like, I can't like cope with what I'm just feeling really triggered today. And I think like, mm-hmm. this is just with a few couple of people that I started with and one of our like lactation consultants. And like, she knew that she was working there when I had the boys. So she like knew me from there. And I was like, sorry, right. I'm feeling really triggered. Like I just need a minute. And they're all so supportive and like amazing about it. So I think I'm pretty okay. <laughs> Most of the time. There's the occasional yeah. thing that pops Good. up. And like, yeah. oh, I'm feeling a little bit like, I don't know, funny about that. But it's generally okay. And I just, yeah. It's pretty good. It's such a nice place to work. <laughs> Which yeah, and it must be so amazing, like, finally seeing all these, like, tiny babies going home and, like, you feel like, yes. oh, my God, like, I can remember how that felt for me to see it happening for all these other parents must just be, like, That's the best so feeling exciting, and knowing that like, you helped that baby get there. Yeah, like, especially the, like, long-termers that have been there for, like, yeah, like 150 days. And they go home and the whole unit is just like a buzzing and people will come from all over the unit to like say goodbye yeah. to the babies. And it's just like, you build such a bond with these mums. Or I don't know if they feel the same way, but I like, <laughs> I love you. <laughs> <young>, so, <laughs> you know, you just like hang out with these mums and you're like, are really like rooting for them. And they finally like smash it and yeah. home and you're like, this is amazing. Like, you know, I'll come out the front with you and I'll take the picture for you, like the leaving photo. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, Gotta do it. It's tradition. Absolutely. Like people who are like, oh no, it's okay. I'm like, trust me, you need the picture. <laughs> yeah. In two years, you're going to look back and be like, man, I wish I had a picture of the day that we escaped. Yeah. I was looking, going back through, Escape through those hot rooms. looking at all the pictures and like, I wish I had taken more videos. So I always Me too. encourage them yeah. to take videos because everyone's always taking photos, but I'm like, oh, I wish I had more videos. Yeah. Yeah. I'm exactly the same. I have heaps of, heaps of photos and I don't know about you, but I don't know which one is which most of the time. Oh, mate. <laughs> like we kept the boys' hospital braces on them after we got home for so long. Right. Well, thank you so much for chatting and for sharing your stories thank you for having me sorry i'm a bit awkward and a bit haphazard with my story but i hope you can pull something together from it <laughs> you should have heard the amount of um <laughs> twin banging that i had to cut out of this episode because we have the same set of twins both of us um but that was brianna's story i hope you enjoyed listening to it obviously she's got three very different um perspectives you know she's got the NICU mum hat she's got the full-term mum hat and then she's got the NICU nurse hat so yes it was it was um so lovely to hear how her experiences in the NICU um helped her in her job as a nurse which by the way I've said it again I'll say it again it's just amazing like yeah a literal angel but I hope you enjoyed listening um Remember, you can follow us on Instagram at that Niku Mum. Um, my name's Shan. I'm your host, and yeah, we will chat soon. Bye.